Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today's episode has a fun title, Yes, I Said Discipleship. I'll say that one more time, Yes, I Said Discipleship. So the call of the Christian faith really is a call to discipleship. Let me share with you the words of Jesus that are recorded in Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So I found myself talking with groups of people about discipleship and specifically these words of Jesus to go into the world and make disciples. And when I do this, sometimes I'll, I'll ask a question and I'll just say something like this. If you are a true disciple, I want you to raise your hand. Now, my experience is that some people raise their hand. Most people are somewhat reluctant, and they sort of raise their hand. Then I'll say, thank you, put your hands down. How many of you here today call yourself a Christian? Raise your hand. And hands shoot up right away, and they're held high with confidence. That really poses a question in my mind. What do people see as the difference between a Christian and a disciple? I mean, after all, aren't they followers of Jesus? Well, I believe, this is just a little bit, I guess if you're listening today, you get to hear my soapbox a little bit, but I believe that these words, disciple and Christian, are viewed differently, not because they're different, but because oftentimes they're being preached in different ways. So I, I believe it has a lot to do with that. For example, sometimes we talk about what it means to be a Christian. And when we preach Christianity, we preach that it's about forgiveness. And and I've even heard this. It doesn't matter if you murder someone or you commit a lie. Those are both sins. If you abuse someone or steal a pack of gum, they're both sins. And and that's true. Sin separates you from God. But I have to say, they're not not whether or not you're saved or not, but there are degrees of sin and things that damage people more than others. 
But we preach that no matter how bad the sin is, you can be forgiven, which we believe is true. And we, when we do this, though, we often talk about this word grace. Just to let you know, mercy is withholding punishment you deserve, but grace is giving you more than you deserve. And we talk about the grace that helps us receive a free gift of salvation, something we receive. So the idea is that we are transformed when we are saved. Think about the old hymn of the church, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Why is the sound of Amazing Grace so sweet? It's because we can say that we were lost, but were found. We were, are now saved, but we were a wretch. We're, we're blind at one point, but then we're saved and we can see. And so we preach this message about setting us free, free from eternal death, free from the penalty of sin. And it's almost like someone can hear this message and think that salvation removes the consequences of sin. But when we hear this word disciple, we hear it totally differently. We think that discipleship is about work and actions and behavior. Or we think that discipleship is about the effort to learn. After all, the word disciple means to be a learner or a follower. But the word disciple scares many people. We think about the 12 disciples that were also known as apostles, and it sounds so spiritual. See, I believe churches can be guilty of preaching an incomplete message of the gospel. So let me share today that a Christian is a follower of Jesus. A follower of Jesus is a disciple. A Christian is a disciple of Jesus. Some portray uh, a Christian as a recipient of unearned grace, of, of a free gift. It's, it's almost like we say, this is my get-out-of-jail free pass. It's all about the freedom and no punishment. Although that's true, that's incomplete. What about discipleship? So Luke chapter 14 says this, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children, brother, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What are we learning? That we must surrender everything to God, even our own life. So we're taught in that passage to count the cost. Luke 14 goes on to say that whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. There is suffering involved with discipleship. Pursuing Christ is an effort of self-denial. We must count the cost. Luke 14 continues, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, he's not able to finish all uh who see it began, and they mock him, saying that this man began to build, and he's not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down and first deliberate whether or not he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And, and so it continues to say, and if not, while the others is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. See, therefore, if any of you who does not renounce all that you have, you cannot be my disciple. So as we think about today, yes, I said discipleship. We're talking about the free gift of salvation, but yet this self-denial where all things center around Jesus. And the command that we have from Jesus is to go and make disciples. So mature believers who reproduce other disciples, disciple-making disciples. That's the goal.
you know, if I think about it like this, the church we reproduce, so churches reproduce themselves, and we, we use the words like church planting, or we have small groups that multiply and reproduce themselves. We reproduce leaders, but I, I feel as if sometimes in the church world, we've made discipleship a Christian synonym for leadership development, and the truth is, it's the exact opposite. Discipleship is not leadership development. In fact, discipleship is followership development. Can we help people follow Jesus? So why can't we multiply disciples? Discipleship is not that synonym for leadership development. It's not becoming the best version of ourselves, but it's about denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and following Jesus. Now, I recently heard a, a story about multiplying, and sometimes when we multiply programs, they can multiply pretty fast, and sometimes they continue to grow, sometimes they crash. But if we multiply disciples, and just think about a 5% growth per year, if you have 100 people in your church and you truly multiplied yourself, and five people did that, so you multiplied 5%, in five years you would grow from 100 to 127 if you continued that, multiplying by 5% in 10 years, you would grow to 162. In 15 years, you would grow to 207. So actually, discipling people is multiplication. In 15 years, you doubled from 100 to 200. But it feels like it moves slow because it's relational, and it's based on relationship and, and people. But this is still not the vision that, that is talked about in Matthew 28. See, unless it was accomplished by reproducing disciple, making disciples, we're missing the point. The idea is, can we create disciple-making disciples? So we want to be a disciple. This is our identity. But being disciple-making disciples, that's also our, our identity. See, it's interesting. Jesus did not just say, go fish for men. He said, you will be fishers of men. It's not go do work, it's you are laborers for the harvest. It's not just just go tell the story, it says you will be my witnesses. This is all part of our identity. So we are fishers of men, we don't simply fish if we want to. Part of who we are as believers is we are people that fish for others, and we promote the gospel, and we reproduce disciple-making disciples. We're laborers. We don't just occasionally labor, but we are laborers. We work to fulfill the mission that God has, to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. And we're going to break down this verse a little bit later in, in this second half of the show and what that means and what it looks like. But I want us to be reminded at the front end of this show that we are laborers. We don't just do the work of labor. And I love this one, that we are witnesses. Not we have told our neighbor that we attend church, but our identity. We are witnesses. So see, I, I guess I want to say it like this. Discipleship is not a task to accomplish. But discipleship is an identity to live. So today we're talking about discipleship. The title is, Yes, I Said Discipleship. And we're talking about receiving the gift of salvation, but also sacrificing and the self-sacrifice so we can lay down our life and live for the mission of God. 
So we're going to take a break. And after the break, we're going to break down a little more of this topic. Yes, I said discipleship. We're going to talk through Matthew 28 and explore this a little deeper. So I want you to stay tuned and keep listening. And I'll be back to visit this concept. So you're listening today. Yes, I said discipleship. Thanks for listening to your discipleship coach on AM 1160. Hope for your life. I'm grateful that you stayed with me. This is your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And as you listen, I'm your host, Michael Smith. I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. So today's topic is titled, Yes, I Said Discipleship. And in the front end of the show, we were talking a little bit about that. And so as I as I peer into the rest of the conversation, I want us to know that discipleship is based on relationship. Sure, it's the, the disciple and, and our God, but it also includes a disciple maker, three people that are part of this relationship, the disciple, the disciple maker, and God. So when we make disciples, it's about fostering relationship. It's not what I call a catch and release. So I mentioned in the beginning of the show that we are fishers of men uh, or of people, and it's not a catch and release where we convert people and let them go on their own. We actually have assignment to walk with people in in relationship, and and so we continue relationship with people as we can as we multiply disciples in an ongoing process. So I I want to say it like this: discipleship is not accomplished with a one-size-fits-all approach. So there's not one magic approach to disciple people. The reason that is is because it doesn't matter how brilliant your content is that you use and you think that this will work with everyone, there's a little bit of discipleship that's personal and based on relationship. Here's the truth. Every person has their own past and their own uh, former way of life in which they live, the mistakes and the successes of life. Many people have a different present, how, how Jesus has forgiven their sins, and, and every person seems to have a different future. So we might wrestle with biblical truth, but it's not a matter of just the knowledge of gaining biblical truth. Discipleship is about following Jesus. So discipleship includes our past, our present, our future. So the future that we look at is biblical truth, but our present is our reality and how the Holy Spirit led us into relationship with Christ. And in our present is our current contexts and situations and relationships and vocation and geography, and it's different for every person. But the past, where we came from, you know, I want to, I think it's kind of like this. If you walk into a store and I let, I do this, I'll, I'll call my wife and want to know where can I find the eggs? Well, the store that we go to, she knows where the eggs are and she'll tell me where it is and I'll go there. I can go to a different town, same, same grocer, same chain of grocery store and go in the same place, but the eggs aren't there. And so I have to have a plan for that location. And it's like that in discipleship. It might look the same. You might be in the same church building, but how you're formed spiritually is going to differ from person to person. So we need to know what we want. That's biblical truth. But when we grow, we have to know who we are and where we're growing from. So one of the things that we do when we disciple people 
rather than just saying, know this information, is we say, where are you? What is, how do you assess your spiritual life? And we close the gap between that assessment and biblical truth. See, if, if church growth was based on attendance, that he, then, then it would work like this. Hearing enough sermons or attending enough small groups or going to enough discipleship classes would make you mature in the Lord. But that's not exactly how it works. I know that there are great kids' programs. I, I was part of a program in my denomination called Royal Rangers. Other people do Awanis. They do these different type of discipleship programs. And children go through them and gain information, but if they don't practice it, they don't become Christ followers. So discipleship is like it includes this idea of discovering. It's discovering biblical truth, becoming aware, and, and putting your, your thoughts around the hope that's found in Christ Jesus. And then it also includes assessing your current reality. Actually, I also serve as the president of Professional Coach University, and we just uh, obtained a new uh, assessment tool called the Spiritual Leader Traits Assessment. I'll share in future shows about that. But what we do is we look at every leader, and I believe that every Christ follower is also a, a leader. You have to lead your life. You have to lead others. But we are lead followers. But, but this assessment assesses your spiritual character. And what we want to do is find the gaps in our character according to the Word of God, and we bridge those gaps. The bridge is the Good Samaritan. See, it's like this. If you read the the, or the bridge is discipleship. I got ahead of myself. I wanted to tell an illustration about the Good Samaritan. If you're a new believer and you hear the story of the Good Samaritan, you might think it's about helping those in need. If you're a mature believer, you might know that there's a deeper lesson involved. See, just before the telling of that story, Jesus was setting his eyes to go to Jerusalem and he was going to stop at a town that was like a Samaritan village. And the disciples went ahead to set it up, and the Samaritans rejected welcoming Jesus in. The disciples got angered, and they wanted to just wipe out this, this Samaritan village. And then just the next chapter, as we organize it, Jesus tells the story that the hero in the story is a good Samaritan. And so the people that the disciples wanted to annihilate, if they have the right the right character— and they reflect Christ, they can be the hero. So we learn that that it can happen in anybody's life, and all of us, even mature believers, have something to learn. So back to the original text that I shared at the beginning of this episode. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you, and I'll be with you always to the end of the age. One thought in this is that we're told to go, so, you know, it used to be, I used to hear this phrase like way back in the 80s, build it and they will come. Well, that's not necessarily the command of Jesus. It's not uh, an attendance-based approach. It's not get them to come to us. It's actually going to the world of other people and sharing the truth of the gospel. And when we go to their world and we share, our assignment is to actually make disciples, disciple-making disciples. This is the approach. What I love about these words of Jesus is it doesn't limit our efforts to our own family, our own neighborhood or city or our own church, or even the state in which we live. Jesus says, go to the ends of the earth. One of the ways I do this is first in my own house. I, my, my daughter, when she was 
the only, only one I drove to school. We would pray together every day on the way to school. Another one of my sons, we'd go set up for church every day, and we, or every Sunday, we would stop and eat at Panera Bread every Sunday and just spend time together. Now I drive one of my sons to church, and we talk in the car all the way there. It's, so I'm discipling my house. We disciple in our churches, and we know how that works through ministries. It's part of one church that that every person that's sort of onboarded into ministry had an opportunity to do it as a greeter, and then they would actually talk about the ministries of the church, and that would be the way that we onboarded people. But it was about relationship and getting to know people and connecting people. But we do it a little further. We we think about how do we learn to share our story in our community, or we think about the United States. I have a friend who actually opens up uh, these churches in urban areas, and he actually moved to St. Louis. I was the first pastor that visited him in St. Louis, but he's uh, he's open four or five different sites, maybe more by now. But we've partnered with this friend of mine, and other churches have, and we rally together to promote the gospel right here in our nation. And then, of course, we go around the world. One of the things I do is I I teach not only in a university here. Uh, in the U.S., but in Africa, we take missions trips, we give in the offering. And here's why we do all of that. So people can be baptized into the unity of the fellowship of believers. They can be taught to observe the commands of Jesus. So it's not just knowing them, it's observing them and practicing them. So the title, yes, I said discipleship, it does have to do with receiving God's forgiveness. But promoting forgiveness means we have work to do. But the truth is, is we don't have to do it on our own. See, the promise of Jesus is this. I will always be with you, even to the end of the age. So I want you to keep on with the mission, telling people about me, making disciple, making disciples, and I will give you my presence. I will give you my spirit. I will give you everything you need to make it happen but you've got to follow my mission. It's a free gift, but it will cost you everything. If you want to explore this further, or maybe you want to do this through a coaching relationship, we would love to partner with you. In fact, you might be curious about receiving coaching in any area of your life, spiritual growth, personal areas, business. All you have to do is visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com You can click the link to take our free coaching readiness questionnaire, and I personally will respond to you and talk about getting a coaching relationship going. I'd love to support you in your life, in your business, and of course, in your spiritual life. So visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Follow the show, follow the podcast. Thanks for letting us into your life. I want to thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Today's show has been brought to you by our sponsors, Chicago Indian Church at chicagoindianchurch.com and Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University, where you can become a certified coach or invest in yourself through professional development opportunities. Visit professionalcoachuniversity.com. Hey, as always, it's a pleasure to be with you, and I'm so thankful that you've turned tuned in today to listen to Your Discipleship Coach. I want you to know that I am for you, and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? Again, thanks for listening, and you're listening today on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.
Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life.